0: Podcast. Podcast Vodka. Vodka O'Clock. Hey everyone, it's Amber Love from Vodka O'Clock Podcast and AmberUmask.com. Don't forget that we are labeled as an explicit website and podcast. So if you're easily offended, you should probably not be here. Even though we're going to probably talk about really mushy, sappy stuff today, so it'll be all right. Um, and
1: I feel illicit just hearing you say that. I feel,
0: not- <laughs> I feel naughty. So yeah.
1: Um,
0: yeah. So my naughty monkey joining me today is Andy Parks, Who's uh, welcome back.
1: Been Thank here before. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be on my favorite podcast.
0: Hey. So I'm glad that you uh, agreed to talk about sappy things like um, Father's Day and what it's like to you know. Be a good dad and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, it's it's been on my mind a lot lately because my daughter and I are doing this uh, theater thing this summer. So I've been spending a lot more time with her than I probably did last summer. And she's in this, like, exploding growth phase. She's going to high school next year. She's taking driver's ed. So it's real. I feel very connected to her at this time when she's kind of, like, becoming a different person, you know. So it's been on my mind a lot lately.
0: And that's cool. I think you have um, a pretty unique perspective as well because um uh, since you're a writer, you work out of your home and your wife goes off, you know, to a job, whereas, you know, that's breaking the norms traditionally. And even though to me, it's like I know so many people that do that now because a lot of the men I know are writers, so they're home. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, so it's really not strange for me to hear But it might be strange for somebody else to hear
1: Yeah, I stayed home with both kids I mean, just me and the kid For pretty much the first two years of each of their lives And then starting at two We would kind of get them out of the house For like a half day to be around other kids and stuff Uh huh. But until they were in like all day school I was here with them at least half day So we're very connected
0: and plus, you do—you have one of each, so you've got a son and a daughter. Right. Um, talk about how, you know, how that's working. So do you feel like, a, you know, a magical, glorious unicorn because of how things have worked out for you that's <laughs> got it all?
1: It, I mean, I'm very – I feel very fortunate that I have this job that I like doing and that let me stay home and be around my family more and – the kids are amazing and each kind of special in their own way and each challenging in their own way and very different. Um, so that's really cool. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, I'm very fortunate. I, I married a lady who is the best and I have these amazing kids and I get to do something I kind of like. Yeah, I don't, I probably don't deserve all this crap.
0: <laughs> and really good, uh, bourbon. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Um All right. Well, how old are they?
1: Hannah is 14 and Henry is 10. All
0: right. So let's see. And Hannah just
1: finished eighth grade. She had her eighth grade promotion. And that's the end of junior high here. So she's off to high school next year.
0: That's the way mine was
1: also. Yeah. Okay. And I got to tell you, what, junior high was really awful for me and not very good for my wife either. Um. And Hannah's kind of a, she's not a popular kid necessarily. She She's social, but she's kind of nerdy and geeky and artistic. So we thought, we were really worried about junior high. And it, she had rough patches, but overall it's been really, really great. So that's a big load off. Now I hope it doesn't reverse and high school turns into hell. Right. I hope I, because for both my wife and I, high school was much better. But we had something she's not going to have. We had high schools that collected a lot of different junior highs. So it was like a different pool of kids, and she's not going to have that. There's only one junior high here and one high school.
0: Hmm. Actually, my junior high included ninth grade, which was actually kind of interesting for a maturity factor Hmm. because then there did seem to be a big difference between, like, ninth and tenth.
1: Right. What did you find for, like, did you have a harder time in one than the other?
0: Um, no, I hated every minute of all of it, really. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: I, I was. I, I had will- no place to like land in junior, gener- except for like a couple comic book friends that I found like uh, in eighth grade. I did, I just had, and my parents got divorced. Then it was just it was awful.
0: I think my best time was probably um, art class related. Uh huh. Um, and I, I mean, I did enjoy my time in marching band. It was because I wasn't a sports kid. I was never going to be a popular sports kid and girl. I mean, let's say if the girls were not popular, even the athletic ones, um, cheerleaders were, but, um, the girls that were athletic, that were popular was more, it was a different kind of popular, you know? Um, but I was a good student. I liked school. I liked. That's the thing. Like I, I will be if I could afford to be in school now. I still would be. Like I would always be in school, learning something and studying something. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I I'm trying to think. Your daughter's fourteen. Mm-hmm. Fourteen is a rough time. I mean, it always. Uh, you know, I don't know if there's a good teenage time to be honest. Right. Right.
1: Well, the Hannah tends to be uh, pretty precocious, and I think she hits these uh, mile markers a little earlier than a lot of kids. And mm-hmm. she definitely, we, there was a time about a year ago where she was going through a lot of emotional stuff. And we, we had a lot of serious talks about it. And she seems to have leveled out a little bit. And we're kind of just keeping it, you know, we're really lucky. Or maybe it's because we work really hard at it and try not to lay it tons of guilt and so on on our kids. But she seems very willing to talk to us when she's going through stuff.
0: That's pretty amazing.
1: And in exchange, we try not to ever come down like a hammer about what she tells us, you know? Sure. So um, we've been pretty fortunate. She, if she's going through a hard time, it may take a few days, but she'll probably talk to one of us about it. And then she sometimes gets a, we may push a little like, well, how about doing this or that? And then when you can sense, okay, she's about to get pissed off and shut down. then we just kind of go, okay, we had the talk and we're going to pull back and we try to trust her we respect herself enough that she'll come to us if she needs us.
0: Now how does that differ from what it was like for you growing up? Because I can't talk to my father. I live with him and I can't talk to him.
1: Like I said, my parents split when I was in junior high and I went through different phases of who I was mad at about it. Okay. Um but Whoever I was mad at at the time, it was hard to talk to either in a very serious way. And part of that was because when you're a parent who's gone through a divorce, I think you feel so much guilt about what you've done to your kids that it seemed to me all they wanted to talk about was their own reasoning. Okay. Like there would be these superficial, so we know this is hard on kids and if there's anything you want to talk about, well, no kid is going to respond to that. (laughs) And other than that, I I remember just a lot of kind of rational – and even at that age, I was like, oh, this is a bunch of rationalizing bullshit, trying to explain to me why they're not together anymore and so on. So, no, I think – I mean, that was part of why junior high was so hard. I didn't didn't feel for one minute that I could come home from a day where I was bullied or whatever at school and tell anybody about it.
0: And you were like kind of a nerdy kid?
1: Yeah, nerdy. I didn't, I mean, terribly insecure. Um, I didn't have very many friends. I didn't, yeah, it was just, it was, it was rotten.
0: Now you're a sexy beast, man. Oh. All, <laughs>
1: All
0: famous and popular.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, I do, I've kind of settled into a place where I feel like I know who I am and I'm pretty secure with it. But that, I don't think that happened until I was probably in my thirties.
0: Sure. Um, well, not that
1: not that every year until then was awful, right? But you know, you know, there's a big point in your life. I hope in most people's lives where they feel like, I think I'm finally comfortable with what I am. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you stop working on being better, but you've reached a point where you're like, okay, I can live with what I am, and I don't have to put on bullshit layers for different people anymore. And I, yeah, I, I don't know what what point in most people's lives that happened, but it took me a while.
0: Well, it was, it was funny because, uh, just before we hit the record button here and we were talking about your fashion sense changing. And, yeah. you know, and thinking of like the couple pictures I've seen of your daughter, I'm just like, I, I was always sort of like the punky Brewster type when it came to <laughs> my fashion sense. Like, right. I just put on what I felt like, what I felt comfortable with. Like, when my grandfather died, I wore my grandfather's clothes for like four years. Wow. Uh, and you know, I wore the neckties around my waist as belts because I wore his big, giant button-down shirts.
1: Are we talking eighties?
0: Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So, um, I wore you know these giant shirts that could have been dresses, and I belted them with a necktie, like uh-huh. you know. And I pretty much did something like that every day. Uh-huh. Or you know, my, I, I looked, you know, I I had an outfit like Magnum PI because my my grandfather had um. Hawaiian shirts. So I'd wear my brother's old cutoffs because I hated girls' clothes. So I would wear, like, you know, boys' cutoffs and a Hawaiian shirt. (laughs) And I'm like, I look like Magnum P.I.
1: Wow. So you never went through a girly girl phase when you were younger?
0: No, I did. Like, I still loved Madonna and Cindy Lauper, and I wore a lot of makeup and big hair. Um,. And then I went through times when I didn't wear any makeup because I, I had a very nice friend who told me that he thought that I was pretty without makeup. And oh, I thought nice. that was, and I thought that was like an amazing thing for a boy to say. Yeah.
1: And I was like,
0: all right, you know what? Let me try this out. Let me, you know. Right. Um, but yeah, it was the 80s, so it was a very colorful time, you know, like,
1: right,
0: right. but you know, your daughter is finding, seems like she's sort of working that through herself.
1: She, yeah, she's got her own style. Now, part of that is, oh, boy, she can never hear this because if she knew <laughs> stuff I was telling, she'd flip out. She'd,
0: yeah, I know, right? She,
1: okay. she has dealt with some sensory issues in her life
0: uh-huh. that
1: dictated how she dressed a lot. Like, she could like not stand. File? She couldn't stand waistbands
0: uh-huh. um,
1: and socks for, were really a challenge for a long time. Uh-huh. So it's not she, that
0: unusual, by the way. Yeah,
1: she worked. Oh, I know. We did lots of, you know, and some some kids have it to the point extent where they can't, they don't enjoy hugging and things like and mm-hmm. she wasn't that bad, but just stuff bugged her a lot, and we had a lot of meltdowns over that, and a lot of, like, my wife, when she found something that worked, she'd buy, like, four of them because there were so few things that worked. So a lot of that drove her fashion. For a long time, it was just, I want to wear the loosest dress I can find, and I don't give a shit. Yeah. When you get into junior high, you start to give a shit. Right. And, like, she just recently discovered um, Old Navy has these jeans that are kind of um, a, a little bit stretchy and tight. hmm And she got, like, four pair because she thought they were amazing. So she's now in jeans and wearing stuff that would have been unthinkable, like, three years ago. And part of that is growing up, part of that is peer pressure, but it, it's she's finding her own kind of fashion sense. At the same time, she's willing to expand what she will tolerate.
0: Now, how isolated do you keep her? Because I can't, I I cannot fathom raising a child in the internet age. <laughs> it just,
1: yeah. I mean, we had
0: magazines, and magazines were hard enough. Seeing all the beautiful girls that were photoshopped. Right. Uh, you know, I used to get Sports Illustrated and Seventeen Magazine and, um, and everybody's going to be shocked that I ever got Sports Illustrated because I hate sports so much.
1: Right, right. <laughs> but, um,
0: you know, and I, I loved Playboy and, you know, so that stuff was, like, available to me. Right. Um, I, I cannot imagine <laughs> raising a
1: child. It you? is. It's definitely challenging. We gave her her own laptop about a year ago. Before that, she had to use a computer that was in our bedroom. Okay. So we might always walk in at any minute. Um, But now she has this room in the basement, and she has her laptop there. We let her create her first Facebook account, I think, in the last eight, nine months. And that was just to keep in touch with her cosplay friends Mm -hmm. and her Homestuck people. Do you know what Homestuck is?
0: No, but that was one of the pictures I saw of her was um, when she had, you know, made, like, her first outfit or something.
1: Right. Homestuck is this amazing phenomenon that most comic book people don't know about. But if you go to San Diego, like we did last year, and my wife had one goal on the con floor was to get this guy's autograph for Hannah because she desperately wanted one. And this guy, Andrew Hussey, who created this online kind of fiction-slash-comic thing, um... Has must be millions of teenage girl fans who follow it religiously. And Cynthia stood in line for an hour and a half, and then like had to get moved to a different part of the hall because his line was so big he was blocking everybody's booths. <laughs> and when this guy did a Kickstarter, he was the first to hit. He was the fastest to hit a million, two million, and three million dollars to make his thing into a video game. Wow. And like I said, most guys like me know nothing about him. It's only because of my daughter that I know about it. Um, but he, he goes to Comic-Con, and it's just a sensation. So anyway, she created this Facebook to keep in touch with those friends. And I told her when she created it that I would re- reserve the right to check in on just log in. I, I said, I have to have your info, and I might log in and look. And I found that I rarely did. And then she got her own personal Facebook recently, and I didn't ask for the same thing. I didn't bug her for a password. And I... I might totally be fooling myself, but I feel like we've taught her to be, um, to respect herself enough and to be independent enough that I don't worry too much. Like, I think if something is freaking her out, she'll let us know Mm -hmm. and pull back. And, like, I I could be an idiot, but um, I just feel like I can trust her, and I I don't know.
0: It's just, it's... It's scary to me. It's terrifying because when, you know, when adults are harassed the way that they are, especially in stuff like cosplay, um, then I just, I know that kids are worse. They're just worse. They don't, you know, but.
1: You know what? I just don't feel like Hannah has, even the weakness that I had at her age for, the weakness of insecurity and needing people to tell me I was okay and, and God, if I'd been a, a girl, the weakness I would have had for people telling me I was attractive and so on. Um, I don't see that in her, and I, I could be wrong, but it just doesn't scare me like that. And now she has her first boyfriend, and I just, I mean, we had a talk okay. about a month ago where I said, um, so you're going to go on this little walking date with Max, and you told me recently you haven't had your first kiss, have you? I, I, I'm going to ask, and you don't have to answer, but have you had your first kiss yet? She's like, no, I'm too awkward, blah blah blah. <laughs> and I said, well, look, I don't if you're a, you're 14, that's going to happen, and that's okay. I do think you're a little young to be like making out in the park. And she said, oh God, Dad, come on.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so, I, you know, we're still at a point where we can talk about all that stuff, and. She by the way she did have her first kiss shortly after that, and she told her mom about it. Well, that's how perfect is this. She was at the World of Fun, is like our little local version of Disneyland. Okay. And she and her boyfriend went with some other kids, and at the top of the Ferris wheel, they had their first kiss.
0: Oh, that's lovely.
1: Isn't that something?
0: That's amazing. It's very cute. And yeah, I hope that uh, because I do have friends, some some friends who are remarkably able, in my opinion, to not care if somebody throws a ridiculous, anonymous insult at them or, oh,
1: yeah.
0: you know, I mean, in, in comics, we see it all the time, like all the uh, female bloggers are just absolutely trashed for having opinions all the time. Um, right. But I mean, today, like there's just one girl that I, I saw her picture through somebody else's Facebook because we had like a mutual friend. And it was she was dressed as Black Canary and she's you know fine she's plus size whatever I mean so she looked great she's beautiful but it was a beautiful picture and apparently like she's literally gotten and I've never heard of getting this bad before death threats. What? I mean, I've heard of trolls. I've heard of them saying you should never cosplay, you're too fat, you're disrespecting the character. I've heard every kind of trolling insult there was. I never heard of death threats on a cosplayer before. God. And she was devastated, needless to say. She's like, I'm never, ever dressing up ever again. She's like, this is not worth it. It's not worth, you know, it's. And so a couple of us, you know, we all you know, got the word out to, like, you know, she's like, look, the fact that, you know, somebody had to, Roxanna, uh, who's an amazing cosplayer, basically just said, hey, can, you know, all of you go over and say something positive? So all of us that did, it, she said that it was really, really sweet. She's like, but the fact that we were, like, asked to do it, she felt was disingenuous. And I'm like, no, if we had seen your picture if we had all been your friends to begin with we would have seen it and we would have said those exact same things but you know I didn't have you on my friends list and you know it just you know it was just a matter of somebody in the community who is like you know a real hero and pulls people together and does positive things she you know was the head cheerleader if you will and just got us together to say nice things, it doesn't mean that we didn't mean it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, I mean, but I, it was something on, I think it was on the news that there are these, like, contests, like, hot or not contests, and, like, you know, how young the kids are that are doing this on Facebook. Right. Or maybe it's not Facebook, maybe it's, like, other shitty things, like Fortran, 4chan or whatever, I don't know, but... Um, and I don't know if, I don't know if, boys do this i don't know if they get that upset yeah i mean it's so funny well, because like some some guys are upset because they're skinny and other guys are upset because they're fat but you know
1: i i can't imagine. i my my wife is very concerned about raising our son to be a caring respectful man and i am too i think about it a lot And just the thought of my son ever saying something cruel to somebody just for the fuck of it. Yeah. Makes me. I just. I can't even see straight. I just. If I raise that kind of kid, I don't think it's possible, but I can't imagine just raising a person who thinks that's fun in life. Ugh.
0: Because it automatically makes you think that there was a cycle established somewhere. Just like, you know.
1: My dad was a. uh, a principal when I was young, and then he became a superintendent. And in between there, he was a special ed director kind of, for a while. So he was around kids a lot and around a lot of troubled kids. I went with him to a special ed job once, and um, I met a kid and shook his hand. And he walked by, and he seemed a little odd to me. And I said something to my dad, and he said, well, his mom lit him on fire when he was four Oh Oh, my God. I was like, oh, shit, this is what my dad deals with day in and day out. And my dad was not the most attentive father, and I, I, I've, I still have a lot of issues with how he, I think work was more important than his family to him. Um, but he really got through one thing that I think about all the time. He, he really drove it into me that kids need to feel special and loved by the people in their family. And that most kids who have that will be okay, can de- can cope with most of what life will throw at them. Um, and I try to, I mean, my wife is from more of a we-don't-say-things family, and I'm from more of an open family, but we both try to tell our kids we love them and that they're amazing, like, every day. And not that it's a battle. I mean, that occurs to me every day, and I just try to say it when it does. I think it's so important to just make sure your kids know that you think they're, Capable of, um, of amazing things and worthy of amazing things.
0: Now, are are you also the household where all of the other kids come over and basically adopt you? Because I was <laughs> like that. Because you right. know, of, uh, my issues with my folks as a teenager was totally different. Uh-huh. Um. So uh, I, you,
1: you were the house where people came, or you were you always no. left to you? Were no,
0: I always left. Right. Right. Um, and it was really hard to do out here in the country because you need to drive to have friends. Like my right. brothers, there were boys in the neighborhood, so my, they were okay, but not me. I, so it was a, a burden to have to be driven somewhere to go to somebody else's house. And, yeah. um, it was, I was m- much more inclined to find solace in other people's right. parents. I had great-grandparents, which was awesome. My grandparents were phenomenal.
1: It sounds like you were really, yeah, you were tied to your, tied with your grandfather. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, like, came to every football game, you know, that sort of a thing. It was great. Um, but, you know, at the time, my mom had, like, severe social anxiety and... Oh, really? Really, like, had a lot of issues. So, um... It was just, like, very hard. Like, she would go to my band practices and watch me from the parking lot, but she wouldn't go to a game because there would be so many people around.
1: Oh, wow. Um,
0: so, like, I, you know, it always just felt, like, very different for me that I'd, I would connect with other people's parents because it was different.
1: We might be that family, um, except that we have an extenuating circumstance. Our dog is kind of an asshole. <laughs> He's—I don't know if you've seen photos. He's this little uh, uh, Shih Tzu Poodle mix with the most fucked-up teeth you've ever seen. Like <laughs> underbite and one fang sticks out, and the others in his mouth. It's crazy. And he's sweet with us, but he was like a neglected or abused uh, breeder dog the first year of his life. Oh. So he was never socialized properly, and so he still puts everything in pack terms meaning we're his pack, and everybody else can go screw. Okay. And so people, like especially kids, come into the house and he's like, oh, well, I'm going to be the boss of them, no problem. And he'll run over and, you know, bark at them or, in the worst case, give them a little, like, nip on their shin to try to. So we're in training now with our third trainer, and we've seen a lot of progress. But anyway, long story short, we can't have a lot of kids over because it's a hassle. Because it's like you got to segregate Berkeley or do something to figure all that out. But there's definitely one kid down the street who would be here like all the time, and that happens to be the kid that Berkeley wants to kill most in the world. So, <laughs> <little> probably. Oh. <laughs> um, and Hannah has this pretty incredible setup now. She's got like the basement to herself,
0: sure,
1: including a big room with computer and another room with the TV that she can, you know. So, she's yeah. got a pretty cool setup, and she's always pushing us for sleepovers, and we do. She just had one last night, and the girl just left after dinner time, so yeah, I don't now in high school, I think that stuff tends to elevate once kids start to have cars, yeah, so we'll see how uh, how much kids migrate over here i th- uh, by the way, I thought of something when we were talking about my daughter. um I was really lucky, I think I had kind of a trial teenage daughter um a a dear friend of mine who was on the school board with me has a daughter who is now 20 and who I've known since she was maybe 14, maybe 15, something like that. And she babysat for us. And at a point we became really close. And, and, and another point she had a crush on me and that got awkward for a while. We've been very close over the years and we spend every year when it's her birthday, she skips school or whatever. And I take her out somewhere nice. Um, and I was with her when she would, when I knew she was having stupid sex, and I knew she was doing stupid drugs, and I knew I just knew she was not doing smart things. And the former of those ended really tragically. And that, I mean, she, she went through a lot. And I got to see that as kind of a pseudo parent who she would actually talk to because I wasn't her parent. You know? So, like, I got to tell her, before I had to deal with this with my own daughter, that I got to say, Shannon, I hope you will find a way to respect yourself enough not to make these choices, because I don't think this is going to be good for you. Um, And, of course, it doesn't always sink in, but I got to go through that with somebody who was kind of like that daughter, but because she wasn't my daughter, would be totally honest with me about what was going on in her life. And that was I think that was really kind of an amazing gift. And I'm still we, – we're kind of having an issue right now, Shannon and I, but I think it was an amazing relationship that kind of helped me get ready for what was coming.
0: It's, you need somebody important in your life that you can go to. Yeah. And, you know, for me, I was actually really close to a couple of my teachers Mm-hmm. so that was really good, um, I used to have lunch with my one English teacher every day, because I couldn't stand going to the cafeteria, and at the time they didn't, like, hunt me down to, like, make me go, right. but I just had too many issues hating high school life that he let me hide in his classroom, oh, that's
1: great. Yeah.
0: so, you know, I, I would get to just sort of, like, spill my guts to him every day, and um, and, but when I was even younger, this, you know, sort of, like, 12-year-old, 13-year-old age, um, one of my friends had a swimming pool, so I was always at her place. She never came over here, and nobody ever came over here, like I said. (laughs) Um, But she had a really cool aunt. Mm -hmm. Her mother was impossible. Her mother was very, like, extraordinarily religious conservative, and but her aunt was so cool. So um she was one of those grown ups that you could talk to about anything. And you know, and it just made that you know a little bit easier knowing that there was one person there.
1: I uh, said to Shannon several times that I said, "What you just told me, your mother would be furious if she knew I knew and I didn't tell her." Uh huh. But I'm not going to because you have enough parents. You've got like, she had basically four parents. I say, you got lots of that, and I'm never going to be that person for you. I may tell you I don't necessarily approve of what you're doing, but I'm never going to come down on you and condemn you for it. And I, you know, I'd like to think I was helpful, but I, she's been through so much. I, I don't know if it was or not. It helped me though. That's good, yeah. you got
0: a little like, like you said, a trial,
1: yeah, yeah, now, do you And I got I got I mean, I don't think Hannah will ever push boundaries the way I saw Shannon do, um but yeah, I got a glimpse of what can go on in, at that age, and I was like, oh my god,
0: yeah, I mean if it's, it's, her personality is entirely different than you know.
1: But you know, you think you live in a little town in Kansas that things are not going on and then you hear like, oh shit, everything's going on. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, in my little town, some, some woman just was like found passed out in a bathroom with heroin needles
1: oh, like yeah. sticking
0: out of her arm from the, in the Panera. It's like for crying out loud, <laughs> really? God. It's like, we got nothing to do in this town. It is. Right. Blatantly <laughs> obvious. Where the well, a, where do you score that in this town? Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. But now, do your kids realize that, you know, it's like a you're not like a celebrity dad, like you, like you said, it's not like you you can't go to the supermarket or something.
1: Yeah, right. But, but I have an interesting job at least.
0: But yeah. you have, yeah, you have a job where. um at least for Comic-Cons, you have a table, people are seeking you out, and stuff like that. Do they do they think that's... Do, do they not even give that a thought?
1: No, they both think it's kind of neat, I think. And in both cases, I went to their um, classes at school from time to time and drew Batman on the drawing board and talked about what I did a little bit, and they've both been to conventions and seen that, you know, I signed autographs and stuff like that, and they, they both get a kick out of it so far. Um... And, like, Hannah, when she was at this last Kansas City Comic-Con, she was there with all her buddies cosplaying. And my table becomes kind of a little base. And, they, you know, they, you can see the girls smiling when they're coming. Because there's somebody there who's, like, a guest who is welcoming to them. And they think that's neat. So, yeah, I think it's kind of a cool little bonus, just that you have a dad who kind of has a cool job.
0: Yeah, it just I, it reminds me of Castle, because, you know, I watch Castle, like, all the time. Yeah, I've never seen
1: it. I have a lot of friends who like it.
0: And uh, he's got a a daughter, and so she's... um, It's so funny, like, just seeing her grow up on the show. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it starts off, you know, with her... I don't know, I think she was, like, 14, maybe. And now she's in college. Um, But he... You know, like, their relationship, like, he's, like... You want to think of him as, like, the best dad possible because he's so close with her and they're best friends and, they, you know, mm-hmm. she can tell him anything. But at the same time, he was, like, this crazy, wild, rock star celebrity type, you know, the kind oh. that went out all the time and, uh, you know, had different women all the time and stuff like that, but right. somehow managed to raise this kid with all this common sense. Right, right.
1: Um, Is that the the Philly in the show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: so, I mean... It's, it's just really. I think it was an important sort of thing to see. Like, hey, you know, this single dad managed to to do this, and it's fantasy. It's te- television, right? But you know, it's bound to relate to somebody out there.
1: Did you have? I don't. I don't want this to turn into like a psychoanalysis session. But did, if you get uncomfortable, you tell me to fuck off. <laughs> Were you aware that your parental situation was not quote unquote normal? That there was.
0: That, oh,
1: yeah. Yeah, so, and was that.
0: Because mainly because. Did that I, add
1: embarrassment onto the whole situation? I mean.
0: Um, it wouldn't have. Um, it, like, it was, but it, it, I was dealing with it fine until one of my quote unquote friends, and this is why I hate high schools because all of my friends were pretty much pieces of shit so one of my quote unquote friends like said um something about my mom being in the parking lot watching us practice and she's like what's the matter doesn't she have a life uh, and at the time like my mom was she, you know she she was a stay-at-home mom and then she only worked part-time
1: right
0: um so she was there for us. She was there. There was always dinner on the table, kind of a thing. Um, and this was this person who said this was raised by, you know, she came from a divorced family. Um, her mother was strong career woman and also like very active in other things outside the home.
1: Oh, super. So
0: her mom was like super mom. So she grew up way too young, basically you know, having to take care of herself, and, um, I didn't see, I didn't look at her mom, and I was never jealous of that, and that was, you know, another friend of mine, same thing, her mother was, like, career woman, and did stuff outside the household, and church, and everything, and it's, like, I never looked at those women as, like, anything to be ambitious of, or, want. like, it just, it didn't, it didn't look like a good life to me.
1: Right.
0: Um, so I wasn't embarrassed until she said that, until she made that snarky ass remark, and I'm like, "This is a f- friend of mine, this is one of my best friends saying this," yeah. and, um, you know, and I just, you know, and I knew we just couldn't bring people to the house because it right.
1: wasn't stable. And some, you know, some people never pick up on that that your family may be fucked up, but they're still your family, and you don't need that input from them necessarily you know what I mean
0: yeah
1: like some people are like oh your parents are wacky or crazy or whatever and you're like hey that that's, that's for me to say asshole yes, exactly you're outside yeah. the club you don't get that privilege
0: I mean we had um like a valid a valid excuse if you will that a not embarrassing excuse to not have people over because my dad worked at night so he had to sleep all day
1: oh interesting
0: um, and that was my entire life. So I literally like saw my dad occasionally on Sundays and that was pretty much the only time I ever saw
1: him awake at the normal pass. <laughs> so, so did he and your mom not, I mean, when did they have quality time or did they? Or?
0: I don't know. Probably never. Huh.
1: That was the interesting. I mean, that was the hardest thing about our, us having kids, I think was that. I would watch the kids during the day and I still, I mean I never had a time where I wasn't working at all so Cynthia would get home from work and I'd be like, throw the kids at her and I would go to work which works fine for the kids but we didn't get a lot of quality time. Yeah. And so now that the kids are in school and I try to get my work done during the day as much as I can um, we try to, as, when the kids go to bed we try to have some time, we try to have a cocktail and watch a show or hang out or just talk a little bit. And my poor wife sometimes will go like a whole week on just six hours sleep a night because that time is so important to her that she doesn't want to go to bed as soon as the kids go to bed and she just wears herself out. But it's really important to both of us to have some time where it's just us.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's definitely hard to work out. I mean, we always did – I don't know at what point we stopped, but we always did, like, um, a one- or two-week family vacation a year.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Where did you go?
0: Well, sometimes it was just close. Like, we would go stay with our friends that um, have a place in, the you know, South Jersey. They were on the water. So sometimes it was just there. Or um, But we did, like,
1: the, the you bush. Went down the shore, didn't you?
0: I did the sh- Well, sort of. Not like the regular shore. Like, I didn't oh. go to, like, um, we didn't do, like, Seaside or Wildwood. We didn't do any of those things. Um, or it would, you know, we did Disney, Bush Gardens, Williamsburg, Gettysburg, mm-hmm. all and the Bergs.
1: I um, forgive me. This is a really horrible, stupid thing to ask. I think you're an only child.
0: No, I'm. I am estranged, basically. No, I was. not really? Yeah. So that's yeah.
1: So there was another kid in the family when you were young.
0: There's two. Two? Oh that, my god. That do not speak to me. Okay. So I'm my, sorry.
1: Yep. Yeah. Per- you can cut that up.
0: No, that's fine.
1: Um So you had a big family taking these trips.
0: Yeah. Crammed okay. up, crammed into a tiny little Volkswagen. <laughs> not fun.
1: Did you look forward to those?
0: No. I mean, I think as a kid, I looked forward to Disney. The whole concept of going to Disney seemed very exciting, but it is a it is an awful trip. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's different now, um, and I know some people, they go a lot, so they sort of aren't overwhelmed. Like, they go and they do it in sections. Now, are but, you talking about,
1: did you drive to Orlando? That's, or did, yeah. Wow,
0: that's we, the whole trip. Yeah, my mom has never been in a plane. Wow. So we drove everywhere. And my dad was a truck driver, so he liked driving.
1: Um, That's why he was gone. He drove. Oh wow. Huh. Um.
0: So Disney, because I was the only girl, I had no fun ever on any of these trips.
1: What age were you when you went to Disney?
0: Uh, I might have been eight or uh-huh. something. I think I think I was eight. But it was just not fun. I mean, like, you have a son and a daughter, so at least you can sort of force them together. Like, okay, there's one in each of okay. you. You guys are going to be on this, you know, seat on the roller coaster, and your mom and I are going to be on these seats in the roller coaster. Right. But um, my mom didn't do rides, really, because she would get sick. So she had a fear of heights. Um, so there was literally, like, you know, I was either stuck with Dad or a stranger. And it was, so, so for me, it was, I don't know.
1: What What were the ages? Like how far apart were you guys? We're
0: all like bam, 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 close. Okay. Like, we could be practically twins.
1: I got to say, it, always, it hasn't always been easy, and there are still moments. But four years apart has worked out really well, especially as they get a little older. Um, she's not mortified by her brother. Most of the time she thinks... Little brother is kind of cool, and she doesn't, like, hate it when he's around her and her girlfriends at the same time. And it seemed, they seem pretty pretty good together. You just
0: might have gotten the jackpot because you have two.
1: Yeah, maybe.
0: I bet if there was one of either gender, you'd, there'd just be hair pulling and fighting. Yeah,
1: maybe. Yeah. And, and it's funny, you know, after I had the first girl, like I said, we waited four years. And I thought I wanted another girl just because I liked having a girl so much. Um, and in general, I, I gravitate to women more in life. I like women better than most men. But then we had a boy, and it seems just amazing to have one of each, and I'm glad we have a, a boy in the house so it worked out fine. Well,
0: it's a perfect segue because I wanted to ask you how you feel about um, the push for toys to be gender neutral and not have the girl. Like if you go into Toys R Us there and most stores, they're very, very specific. And, you know, even when you're getting the uh, happy meals or whatever, they would say the girl toy and the boy toy, not the Buzz Lightyear (laughs) toy and the Barbie toy. Like they, they always break stuff down into girl and boy. Um, And I mean, I played with star Wars toys as much as my Barbies I mean not no actually probably not I mean I, like, I love the hell out of my Barbies so I played with them the most but
1: um I in general I like the gender neutral stuff and we we were pretty politically correct about that stuff like my wife was not having Barbies in the house Hannah never had a Barbie um she didn't have a brat doll you oh those house? are awful I really think they're so much worse than
0: Barbie, but...
1: <laughs> yeah, she forbid those. I mean, I mean, it's not, and some of these things were not easy. They're telling Grandma, you can't get that for my kid for Christmas, which is not always an easy conversation to have. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean we always bought gender-neutral. I mean, Hannah had dolls, and Henry tended not to. So I think, in in general, I'm a fan of gender-neutral, but we also raise kids... I think in a way that we didn't necessarily need that advantage. Like, I think our, ten, our kids tend not to settle into stupid stereotypes because we didn't raise them that way. Um, so it would be more our, about
0: the content of the toy, like, you know. Yeah, you right.
1: Um, and both of our kids were into a lot of stuff together. They both played Pokemon like crazy at a certain point, um, and we didn't. There were certain things that we didn't encourage or discourage either way that other parents might have. Um, (laughs) It's funny. I grew up kind of pushing those boundaries, and I think it was because I sensed when I was young that... um, It's funny how my life went in cycle. I think when I was real young, my mom was not around a lot um, because she got married too young and blah, blah, blah. was kind of still having a wild side. And then later on, my dad was not around very much, so... My my dad still remembers that when I would turned, I think, three, all I wanted for my birthday was a vacuum cleaner. <laughs> and to him, that meant, I mean, that was about mom not being around enough. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, I can see that. But otherwise, I would have just been like, you know, boys liked those toys, too, yeah. like the little shopping cart, the little plastic shopping cart right. and the little, like, plastic kitchen. Boys maybe love that's that stuff all. Too.
1: Maybe that's all it was. I don't know, but that's how Dad interprets it. And I think I got a vacuum, a little toy vacuum, with that horrible like. When <laughs> oh born. yes, I
0: remember. And I
1: think, according to my dad, worked for about a week. I think that was about all he could take, and then somehow, oh, I'm sorry, Andy, it's quit making the noises. <laughs> so even I guess I've been pushing those uh, gender boundaries since I was a little kid.
0: Now, do any of them seem like they're going to follow in either parents' footsteps career-wise, or is it too young to tell?
1: It's interesting. I, I I try not to break the kids down into specific types too much, but it's obvious that Hannah is very artistic. She can she draws really well. She's fearless, in a way, about the pages that I never was. I mean, it seems that way. I know she struggles at times, but she doesn't seem, seem intimidated by her own... Limitations or by our own talents. You know, some people get intimidated by their talent. I remember this is a crazy digression, forgive me. But when I met Mobius, he was just an amazing, like almost otherworldly figure. And I said, So, how do you deal with deadline pressures? And he said, Well, I don't let my talent become a burden. I do the work when I feel the work. That's the way I live now. And not all of us are as lucky as Mobius, but I, I'll, well, never, sure. <laughs> I'll never forget the way he said, uh, I don't let my talent become a burden. I just think that's a great way to live. And to re- in in two ways. One, to recognize your talent, mm-hmm. which a lot of people never do. Right. And two, to say, I'm not going to be a slave to it. I think that's amazing. So back to Hannah. Um, she's very talented. She likes to write. She likes to draw. She can sing. There's just a lot of that. Um, and she's bright as well. It's not, I mean, she, she got an A in honors algebra this year. It's not that she's not good at other stuff. But she struggles with math like I did. And art is more natural to her like it is to me. And Henry, I see more as my wife slash my father-in-law, who seems to have kind of like a mechanical engineer's brain. Like he always loved puzzles. Um, he's got an amazing memory and a great spatial kind of relationship memory. Mhm. Um and doesn't he writes pretty well but he doesn't seem as attracted to that stuff. Um so I, it seems like I have kind of a left brain right brain kid one of each. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think they're both pretty bright so I'm kind of excited to see where they go with it. And I told Hannah told me, "Well, I want to be uh she like a year ago. I want to be a writer and an artist." And I said, "Well,
0: I have that's a job for you." <laughs> yeah.
1: I said, "You also want to have a home in the mountains and a home in Europe." So, yeah. Obviously with these jobs money's not going to be any issue at all so you you should be able to fulfill all your goals
0: <laughs> marry well <laughs> right, right, exactly you don't care if it's a man or a woman just marry right. well. exactly <laughs> oh my goodness so what are your your plans for father's day do you have something that you specifically do like traditionally every year like you need a certain breakfast and a certain cocktail no,
1: you know what i I was just thinking about this the other day. On Mother's Day, our, my family tends to do, we tend to go out and see one of the moms. My mom or her mom or something. And I'm always telling Cynthia, if you just want to stay home, you just need to say so. It's your day. But we don't tend to do that. Personally, because my dad is in Chicago, you know. Um, and on Father's Day, I tend to just say, can we do what I want? And I'm just going to cook. So we'll cook and I'll do something family ish, you know. Henry and I'll do some woodworking project or something together, and that's about it. I, You know, when I'm happiest in life is when I'm hanging out, cooking for my family, and I have a cocktail at my hand, and people are just kind of drifting in and out, and that's what makes me happy. So if I can do that on Father's Day, I'm cool.
0: That's pretty cool because I know it's it's strange. I, haven't, I don't hear this about fathers for some reason, but for mothers, I hear a lot that Mother's Day is spent away from the family. <laughs> like they're oh, like, really? they're, they're like, yeah. <laughs> my my present is a vacation from all of what do you, you. Get the hell out of here! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't recall ever hearing that from a, from any dads.
1: Right, right. And that's, I mean, that's really seen some because a lot of dads are off working all the time and don't yeah. see them for their family. I see a lot of my family, and it's still. I want to be with him on Father's Day for the most part. You know, I might go play golf, I guess. I don't remember that happening, but that's a possibility.
0: So you have this, you're in the musical with Hannah. Do you have anything that you're doing with Henry?
1: Well, not specifically. Now, a couple years ago, he said, Dad, I want to do Boy Scouts. Well, for a couple reasons, I wasn't really into that. Okay. Uh, One, I know the guys who do it here in our town, and I don't like them. Two you would have to pay me a lot of money to go on that fucking camp out thing. <laughs> sounds like hell. Being out in the woods
0: yeah, I agree. fucking
1: tent with a bunch of squirrely little kids and their asshole dads. I don't want it. And three, the Boy Scout organization is a bunch of douchebags and I don't want to I don't want to be part of that. I don't like their anti gay stuff. I don't I just don't like it. So I explained all this to Henry. <clears throat> and I said, i tell you what I would rather do. I will commit to doing, like, a home scouting program with you. And we will think of cool shit to do. And we'll do it on our own, just you and me. And um to be honest, because of musical and other stuff going on, we, we're behind right now. But we've done model rocketry. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah, we've done that. He loves to do that. We've built things together um, Sometimes it might be something really simple like fixing the swing that's in the neighbor's yard or something like that. Right now, our next one is he did an amazing painting for his mother for Mother's Day at school this year. And we're going to frame it together. I have a mat cutter, so we'll go buy a frame and cut the mats and do all that together. So we need to do that. Um, and that tends to be our thing. We try to do this home scouting thing, and it's not perfect. You know, a couple months ago, we don't do anything. But we try it's always a goal to kind of stay on top of that. I think that's cool. Yeah, it's nice. It, it, I had somebody say, Oh, home County, it's such a cool I you, sh- you need to like build a website and do it. I was like, Oh, please. I then And <laughs> it's work.
0: It's right. even have. more work. I just want to
1: hang out with my kids sometimes. It's it's fine.
0: Yeah, we used to do um my my mom was uh, always very active in church. So uh, for specific, you know, periods of the calendar, we would uh, we would have projects that were usually like somehow faith based. But what was cool about my mother was that she would tell us where the stuff came from. Like, you know, mm-hmm. we we got to learn all the pagan roots mm-hmm. of everything. So yeah. like you know, and, uh, projects for Advent would be, like, okay, if we're making a wreath, then we learned all about, like, you know, the pagans making wreaths and boughs of holly right. and, and all this cool stuff. And, like, you know, then the house. Then, then the other, uh, like, the Catholics have, like, Santa Lucia Day. And mm-hmm. we have to, learn, you know, learn about wearing the wreath on your head instead of, like, just we put it on the table because we weren't Catholic. But um
1: <laughs> so... Did you were you a religious house at all or it sounds like there was weird
0: yeah, it was we were Lutheran mm-hmm. so I mean not like super yeah. you no know? not like I said there was always there's always the extremes and stuff like that it wasn't wasn't like that but um you know my my mom made us go like made me go to Sunday school until confirmation she said, once you're done, I don't care what you do.
1: Yeah, so like, what age? what age does that happen?
0: That's like the end of high school. Okay. That's like, you gotta, I don't remember, I was like 17 or something or 18.
1: Oh, that's a pretty big commitment still.
0: So. Yeah, and I was just like, I am just so not feeling this. Like, I was just so, I'm like, I am not feeling this. I'm just like, just finish it. i like,
1: all right. 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 I did, I guess I was baptized. Um, I don't remember it, but I guess we did went to some kind of Methodist or something. And then nothing most of the time I grew up. And then when I was a teenager, we started going to Unitarian church, which is basically way cooler. Yeah, I mean it's it's especially if you're a teenager. The teenage what what's cooler than the teenage youth group at the fucking Unitarian? Unitarians,
0: yeah, how yeah. about it?
1: Yeah, I mean they're they like smoking weed in the. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's all pretty loose, and, and we've never taken our kids to church, and I feel kind of guilty about it at times, but. We just don't, we're not interested, and we try to, oh, God, you want to hear a funny story about my wife and daughter? <laughs> we, sure. We don't have a lot of religion in our life, and we talk about it sometimes, and if a kid ever says, what about Jesus, I'll, I'll tell him what a lot of people think, and then I'll tell them what I think, and we'll just talk about it, but we've never been religious. And again, we try not to, hey, it's okay, come in. Sorry, somebody's bugging me.
0: Okay, Hi. <laughs>
1: And I know, it may not. It's not a big priority. We'll do it tomorrow. Thanks, babe. Um, so we had it in our mind that we're not making it unfriendly for our kids to be religious, you know? Like they could find their own way and it would be totally cool and they would know that. So my daughter kept a journal. And we never looked in it. But at one point, this is several years ago, she was going through some shit and we were kind of worried about her. Like we were worried... She was having these night terrors and having a lot of anxiety. And we got muri- worried maybe that somebody was messing around with her or something, you know. Uh-huh. So we, my wife said, I think I'm going to look at her journal. And I said, ugh, makes me a little uncomfortable, but okay, why don't you open up to some spots and see what you see, and then we'll put it away. So she did. And she didn't find anything shocking except that Hannah wrote in there at one point, she was talking about Jesus, and she said, Sometimes when my mom's not looking, I will say a prayer. <laughs> so they, oh, my so goodness! Thought, oh, fuck! I made the kid like scared of praying. I didn't mean to do that. And she felt so guilty about it. Oh, <laughs> wow!
0: That's so
1: cute. Yeah, but we're not a religious family. It's. Uh, I, I hope the kids, if they get passionate about something, they'll tell us, and we can help them pursue it. But we just don't think that way.
0: Well, do you have any like um, I don't know bits of wisdom for for a list you go?
1: I don't know. I like I said, I shared the thing my dad taught me, which I think is really important. And I would just say that um, having kids is it's the best and the worst thing that's happened to me probably because it it is the most exhausting, awful thing on a day in day out you're just tired and you think you have single or you have married friends who don't have kids and they get to do whatever the fuck they want all the time and you're like oh these fucking bastards but it's, it's really helped me grow up I think and I'm you know you and I have talked in previous podcasts I mm-hmm. think about how how hard I am on myself like I don't I always feel like my work isn't good right and I don't work hard enough and I'm glad I feel that way because, I mean, I look back at my career and I think, well, I I have to admit I've accomplished some things, but I'm still not happy. And I'm glad because it makes me keep trying. And I feel the same way about parenthood. I feel every day like I'm just a fuck-up. I don't do it right and I'm lazy and I don't spend enough time with them and all this. Um, And I look back and I have just incredible memories. And I think we're raising these incredible people. Um, but I still, I push myself every day, like, oh, you shithead, quit, quit screwing up, you can do better. Um, and I think between the two of us, we do a pretty good job. I just, I always want to be better. And I think they made me, they make me better, which is the coolest thing you can say about me, that you want to be better for, um, because they're that important to you. And yeah, I,
0: could, I think that's good. It's, um, there was, who was it? One of the, one of the celebrity writers, might have been Joe Lansdale or Stephen King or somebody said something about that, about how, um, you know, when you look back on your old writing and you realize it sucked and the mistakes that you made or whatever, you, you keep going because you're going to improve. Right. Um, so I don't, you know, and it's so funny because I, parents always say that, too, about, they're like, oh, the mistakes we made with the first one. Right,
1: right. <laughs> you know,
0: and you take them to the doctor for every single thing and, oh, you know. That's
1: pathetic, yeah.
0: And We were
1: great. We had a pediatrician who was so great. We'd go in and, oh, they're, so, they're coughing for three days. Go, yeah, babies get cold. It's probably last a week or ten days and then you'll probably get it and then they'll probably get it back. That's what happens. <laughs> Like oh my god he's so casual, and it's you know what's funny I think every first child has an amazing baby book.
0: Oh yeah, I know. There's like
1: no pictures. Of of yeah, right. <laughs> Second or God help you a third, you're like oh whatever. Is it, is the kid swallowing live insects? No, okay.
0: <laughs> exactly. Are they playing with broken glass? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean seriously, it was like plus it was just a different time. Like we were like handed fireworks. Yeah right. I mean, like so wide.
1: Now you're a little younger than me, but I mean I'm. We I drove to Colorado just rolling around in the back of a. Oh yeah. No. It was amazing.
0: Yeah no, there were no seatbelts like. Yeah. Um, no such thing. Um, all right. Well, Andy Park.
1: Well, I wanna I want before we go. I want to thank you because it's um. One I love talking to you at any time, but to talk to you about. Stuff like this, which is usually, I mean, and it's probably been tedious to your listeners, but it's tedious to a lot of people to talk Well,
0: to I, you know, that's why I like to change up my subject matter.
1: Right. It's not
0: always going to be about comics.
1: But I'm really thankful to talk to you about what it means to me to be a father. I like that a lot. So thanks for letting me do it.
0: Well, thank you for volunteering, because it was amazing, because I was pretty stumped. I didn't know who, you know, what, who I'd talk to or what I would talk about.
1: Great. Well, I, I'm glad you think I was appropriate.
0: So, um... If anybody's interested, the I did find a couple websites. Wired has a, a Geek Dad website, um, oh. so you go to wired.com/geekdad, and there's also geekdad.com. Nice. Um, and people can find you where on Twitter, obviously. Yeah,
1: Twitter, um, and I have a website that I don't do much with, but it's there and it's got a couple pictures. And there's an email link if you want to send me an email, you can do it through my website.
0: Cool. So at Andy Parks on the Twitter. Yeah. And I'm at Elizabeth Amber on Twitter. To, certainly are. To confuse people about how my, you know, 18 different names. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think it would. I knew you for like eight months before I was sure what to call you a day. Yeah.
0: one <laughs> of those things, you know. I was like, well, some people use this, some people use this, and the whole the legal changing and whatnot. And I was like, all right, I'll compromise. <laughs> all right. But uh, everything else is uh at com, and that's where you can find any other links and um, interviews previous podcasts and stuff there's also a Tumblr for Vodka O'Clock if all you care about is the podcast
1: nice
0: Um, so happy Father's Day Andy
1: thank you so much dear thanks for talking to me
0: (laughs) alright everybody have a great night